When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Selling your car on cars.com is so easy. It's like the dealer is in your own backyard. It's all done in three simple steps. One, enter your car's details to get the best offer instantly. Two, confirm with a local dealer. And three, receive a check on the spot or use the value to trade in your car. Cars.com is magical. Click or tap to sell your car on cars.com today. The first time I saw it, I got goosebumps. It was perfect for me. I felt like we could go anywhere together. <sighs> There's nothing like finding your match on Cars.com. With over 50,000 cars added daily and a powerful advanced search, you're sure to discover the one. Cars.com. It's magical. Click or tap to find your perfect match on Cars.com today. Good morning. I'm Scott Kennedy. I will be your co-host for Coast to Coast Football along with this guy over in Seattle. That's Nick Kendall. He's in Seattle. I'm in Atlanta. That's why we are Coast to Coast Football. And Nick, we've got a lot to talk about. And it seems like there's some people here ready to chat. That's why we do these live every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Because there's people that get excited. They want to chat. And they make it more fun for us to do. And guys like Michael Ranquillo, who comes in, whether we're doing Broncos, Falcons, NFL, always here with the sport. He's coming in with a $50 super chat, helping to keep the lights on, the power running, upgrading Nick's computer, getting our shows better. The support you show, it's like you're like the Terminator. You can't stop him. It, yeah. It's always it's 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 just awesome, Michael. You don't know how much that means to us, and um, you know we we can't say thank you enough. So coming in here hot, and just you know a reminder that these these channels are set up for whether you're on YouTube or Facebook for stars on Facebook or super chats on YouTube is you know the single best way to support the show, the most direct way, just like Michael did. So thank you, Michael. Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. Um, help him keep the lights on, help him pay for a new computer, better show, better product for all you guys. And uh, everyone should be a big thank you to Michael uh, for that one, but especially Scott and I. So appreciate it. Love that uh, raspberry color coming in there with the good morning. Ab absolutely. Big Al coming in on, on YouTube. He says, good morning. Nice. Signing a one-year um, deal with Calais Campbell should help Grady out. And we'll get into that and not just Grady, uh, not just Campbell, but Eddie Goldman unretiring, David Onyemata. All of a sudden, you got three guys, four guys over 300 pounds that can move. Mm -hmm. You know, before you were struggling just to get one with with Grady out there, and then you were picking up spare parts to try and put guys next to him. Oh, and by the way, Taquan Graham should come back healthy, who was playing at a very high level before he got hurt. All of a sudden, that front of the defense. I feel a little bad for Dean Peace, uh, former defensive coordinator, who's putting that together with rejects, putting his defense together with rejects from. Uh, the Titans and Bears waiver wires and scotch tape, maybe a little duct tape. He probably had a little duct tape in there. But um, I would have liked to have seen him gotten these kind of resources and, and had some fun. But I am happy for Ryan Nielsen, the new Saints defensive coordinator, came over from the Saints because this is some, some real capital being put into the Falcons defense, Nick. Yeah, and no, it makes me think, I mean, obviously, Campbell, massive player, former second-round pick from... Uh, University of Miami. It didn't test uh, incredibly well coming out. He's not, you know, an amazing like twitchy athlete, but because of his size <laughs> and his savviness, I mean, it's it's incredible to watch him at six eight still play with leverage. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, typically guys that big, it's they're at an automatic uh, disadvantage. But Campbell can do that. He can play inside outside. You can play him at one. You can play him at three. You can play four I. Versatile player, very good uh, leader as well. You're gonna love uh, the presence he brings. He's done. He's contributed and been a big player everywhere he's been, whether it be. Arizona, Jacksonville, Baltimore. So now getting him in here for one year, it's a great addition. I do wonder if it makes it so that I don't know if it's any indication to this, but I do wonder if it means that Graham uh, could be out for the year, you know, coming the ACL was what week 15. It was pretty late in the year and those can be, you know, 12 to 16 months. I feel like it was Chicago, which was week 11. Okay. I thought it was later than that, but yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll double check real quick while you're, you're talking about it. But um, yeah, 
we'll see on Taquan Graham. And was it an ACL for sure? For some reason, I didn't think it was. Okay. I thought it was a ligament injury. Regardless, one-year deal, Campbell, means that it's the, you don't have to rush him back. Your room, yeah. if, it, if your room next year was Grady, Anyamata, Campbell is your big, you know, main three rotating interior defensive lineman. That's great. Anything that you get from Graham, whether it be late in the season or he's ready week one or anything, that's gravy. But you're not dependent on him coming back and being a big time contributor with the the moves that you've made on the interior defense. Yeah, he was he was we, he played 11 games last year. So the 11th game, uh, they had a late buy. So they, he, it was either the Bears or the game before the Bears. But for some reason, I remember him. I thought he got hurt against the Bears, but it was he played 11 games last year. So we'll, we might as well get into this now just a little bit with with yeah. Campbell. Um, you know, one of the early comments was that I saw was one. And I, I addressed this when I wrote it up on Al Falcons this morning was, yeah, he's older. He'll be 37 years old, but you don't need him to be prime Calais Campbell to really help improve this defense. You've got a decent rotation of big men there, even if you mm-hmm. don't include Taquan Graham. And we're, we still haven't talked NFL draft yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to bring Abdullah Anderson back here, but he'd be fifth amongst 300 pounders on this team. Makes me wonder if they want to play a little bit more 4-3 some, Nick. Um you know, where you, you can move these guys. You've got some inside-outside um, leverage. Instead of that true nose guard, you know, now I can go Grady Jarrett, David on Yamada, and I, I still have the ability to rotate Graham at end, uh, rotate um, Calais Campbell at end. Eddie Goldman, too. Eddie I mean, Goldman is in there, too. He might be a true, you know, three-type one. You can, you can, you've, you're going to have some versatility up there now. So as far as a player goes, you know, how excited – you know, you see six-time Pro Bowler. How how excited should the Falcons be about Campbell signing? I'm I in. Mean, on the whole, I'm excited for Falcons fans because it represents kind of a turning point for this team, where a player with a lot of options chose the Falcons. Mm-hmm. You know, it it, it see, to me it says okay, the Falcons are emerging from this dark ages of the Thomas Dimitrov back end of this era where he really crippled the team, and here and here we go. You know, this I've I've been writing for two years. You can the rebuild begins in earnest in 2023. And so far, the the Terry Fontenot and the Falcons have not disappointed in free agency. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good deal. Uh, I don't know that the money is yet. I guess that they gave him like one year, 30 million, maybe not as good. But uh, the one year deal for the the age that he is. The one thing I love is that he's bringing a somebody who has been again. He knows what a successful defense is. Uh, He's been there. I mean, he took a. Jacksonville team uh, to that Saxonville team in 2017 on the brink of the Super Bowl uh, and you know Baltimore a few seasons so Atlanta they've had I mean God we don't have to go over the numbers here but a pretty porous defense for a long time well at least Campbell knows like what is and what is not a good defense what it takes uh, what a good execution practice meeting looks like uh, so hopefully that'll have a trickle down effect for the whole team and even if he's playing 25% of the snaps this season, 35% of the snaps this season. That's fine. Uh, he's a really mm-hmm. unique player and he's a great guy to have, not just for the on-field impact, but I also think the uh, demands he's going to have and the know-how of what a functioning high-quality defense looks like. Yeah, I think it's it, the Falcons going into free agency had the the youngest team, I think, on by roster. If it wasn't, it was top three. They could afford to bring in some guys like this on one-year deals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone, someone in the comments on, on the Facebook page, you know, was like, I don't like all these one-year deals. I'm like, no, no, no. When you've got this much money in, in free and cap money, you've got a lot of holes to fill. It's okay yeah. to get some depth players on one-year deals, especially when he's 37. You're just happy. He still wants to sign a one-year deal and come to Atlanta <clears throat> and he may settle down here. The, you know, one of the, the talking points that Ian Rappaport put out was he talked with, uh, Arthur blank for 40 minutes about, uh, you know, community service and, and you know, what they do and, and vision for the team and life after football and what all that means. And, you know, that's a good thing. This is a Atlanta's a great town for young and still, if I, I say young athletes, even young former athletes, 37 still really young. I mean, it's you got 50 years of your life to go, it's still really young. So, life after football is still really good for him. Uh, I want to say hello to some more folks in the chat as it's starting to unwind. Appreciate y'all coming in. Hit those like buttons as you as you come in. The, the numbers typically grow throughout the hour, so um, don't be afraid to ask a question that may have already been asked. We'll hit it again. We know we know you're you're coming in a little bit late. Jeremy on time, and he said he agrees. He says, morning, boys, and he, he's talking about our one of our Patreons here. Michael Rankio is consistent as a stopwatch. Yeah, or, you know, uh, I, I'd call him the icebreaker. He's always first. Not only is he mm-hmm. easy every time, he's always first. 
Um, Roderick over in the UK says Ben's done. That's how I always remember, you know, Ben's. Yeah, trash was out yesterday, but those are the Ben's. Coffee made, ready for another interesting show. Well, you've done your part. Now, hopefully we can deliver ours. Philip Hogginson, good morning, guys. Good morning to you as well. I think we got our international crowd waking up, Nick. Speaking yeah, of which, Cristiano Rod- Rodon. Uh, good morning, Nick and Scott and chat friends from the Brazilian coast. So I think we've got at least four countries represented off the top of my head. So um, very good to be here. And Philip, thank you so much for coming in green with that super chat. Another generous donation to the show. Keeping my forehead nice and shiny. Um, but, he, you know, Philip comes in with his, his, his super chat and his comment. He says, I think the Falcons may surprise a few people this year. Um, let's get into that just a little bit. Yeah. Nick, it's so far it seems like the national talk around the Atlanta Falcons is, yeah, so what? We don't care. They they didn't get Lamar Jackson. <laughs> uh, I find that a little odd. You know, it's just like, you know, when you've done this many things on in free agency and and then they're fixated. That's the word I keep using is fixated on the quarterback position. Well, Arthur Smith came out at the owners' meetings yesterday and said, Desmond Ritter's our starter. He's going to be the starter. And we thought about starting him earlier last year. Just didn't think he was quite ready, which is fine with me. That team wasn't going anywhere. No yeah. reason to throw him to the wolves and hurt his confidence. And that's why you're paying $12 million to Marcus Mariota. You know, let a veteran do that and, and get paid well for it. R- Ritter's got a future. Mariota didn't with this team. Um, but now you're building up. The offense, for the most part, was fairly well set last year. You know, you could add a wide receiver. You could you could add some more permanent pieces to the offensive line. You can always do more and do better. Mm-hmm. But now, this offseason, there's a lot going into that defense, Nick. And that should help this team, you'd think. But DraftKings comes in with the over-under at 6.5 on wins. I'm willing to take the over on that one, dude. You know, they've won seven in back-to-back years. And you can't tell me. I know things change. But you can't tell me this team's going to be worse than it's been. Yeah, I mean, also you have the Buccaneers taking a step back. Uh, we're not sure what's going to happen with the Saints here. Carolina, I mean, I think Carolina's in a decent position, but they're rookie quarterback, I and mean, that's such a wild card here. It all comes back to the general consensus and the better betters don't know slash don't believe in Desmond Ritter. And until we have a larger sample size of Desmond Ritter, former third-round pick, uh, then people will continue to question the Falcons. Now, that said, I think the scheme the infrastructure in place the moves that they've made you've raised that baseline a good bit i'd put them at i honestly i'm pretty surprised it's not seven and a half i i would probably put them at about eight personally uh seven and a half to eight and a half but again and that's just also me being what is desmond ritter bringing to the table what does that offense look like is he going to be able to uh continue to grow or is he going to take a step uh step back because i mean growth is not linear a lot of people think oh you're two he was here now he's going to be here not really true. Things change. Uh, people get more data on you. They find out coverages you struggle with. So it's all about Desmond Ritter. What is he going to be? Well, you mentioned the Panthers. You know, the Panthers are coming in at seven and a half wins. That's where I'd put Atlanta. You know, who's, who's their quarterback? Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Yeah, probably I mean, CJ yeah. Stroud. You know, probably number one CJ overall Stroud. pick, though, compared to a third round pick. I mean, yeah, there's a little you know, bit more. Yeah, one, a one year pro against a, a rookie. You know, yeah. we've seen some really, really good quarterbacks. Lose a lot of games in their first years. Yeah. <laughs> I think Aikman was one in 15. Um, I don't know what Manning was, but I think they, str- they may have struggled they their struggled. first year. Yeah. They, they Matt really Ryan came into a really good team. You know, I think he was 12 and four or something his first year, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he threw less than he ever did. Um, Want to keep saying hello to the chat coming in because it is getting busy in here. Um, let me see here. Richard Russell, get on with it. Okay. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate the feedback. <laughs> um, Cristiano Rodan says, I really wanted Calais on the Broncos. I think a lot of people did. And and Rappaport said he had some other options, but he was done after talking with um, with Arthur Blank today and says it's going to be the Falcons. Keith Robinson, good morning. Good morning to you as well. And Joe Cannon coming in on Facebook. He says, great morning, Scott and Nick. How about Calais Campbell signing with us? Again, that was kind of the big news for the morning, I know it was definitely big news here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but it, you know, how big a news is this, you know, for, for other teams, how, how big a get would he have been? Is, is this national news? You know, other than the fact that all news in the NFL is national news. 
he, he uh, I think Campbell's reached the point in his career where he's a mercenary, you know, signing the one year contract and everything. It's, you know, it's like if Bud Dupree or Melvin Ingram or Justin Houston signed somewhere, is that national news? Well, we recognize the name because mm-hmm. the accolades and everything, but it's not a franchise altering kind of move on the field. Now, again, you never know about the leadership and whatnot. I would, from my understanding, Campbell's a pretty great uh, leader and somebody that you'd love in there for that kind of role. But I don't know if it's a national move per se. Uh, the big the big national moves, like it's going to displace the Lamar Jackson talk right now. Is it going to displace the uh, uh, the Washington Commanders sale? No. I mean, you'll have like a one-minute segment. And we have to play as Campbell sign with Atlanta. Anyway, back to whatever we talk about every single day. Um, so uh, <laughs> it, it's a... Uh, it's a it's a great move for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Don't know if it's you know altering the league landscape. No, it, it just but is it is it something that could take you from hey this is a team that's going to win six and a half to this should be a playoff contender? You know that that it makes that six and a half and eight and a half, and frankly nine wins in the NFC South doable. You're in the playoffs. There's yeah. a pretty good chance you're in the playoffs. I, so I all right coming in here this morning. The naming Ritter QB one so early is ridiculous. Um, kind of yeah, but what does that mean? You know, it's big for Arthur Smith. He doesn't usually come out and talk definitives. All it means right now is Ritter is ahead of Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. That's what it means right now. Um, kind of knew that coming in and not because of anything. Well, you know, I, I hate it when people take quotes out of thin air and attribute it to official sources. This is the first time the Falcons have said anything. Yeah. Now, Heineke said, I was brought in to be the number two. That's a pretty trustworthy source. Source. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Ritter Heineke, we know that, but that that's it. That that's really all we know. Um, could things change? Yes, they could. Um, if those are your two quarterbacks, or you know, you're, you're going to get a third in there somewhere. Maybe it's Logan Woodside. Maybe he's your third that you picked up from uh, Tennessee last year. Okay, if, if that's your room, you're willing to say, let's give this a shot. Let's yeah. give this a shot and see who we are. And if we need to, if it goes bad, we'll take another swing at the quarterback position next year. So I don't know yeah, that it's ridiculous because yeah. you look at the, the quarterback room right now, Heineke's already said he's coming in at number two. We're going to give Ritter a shot. We're going to give Ritter a shot. And I want to add to that just a little bit. Uh, Desmond Ritter's won so early. I don't know if it's ridiculous. Also, Scott, let's say the Falcons are sitting there at eight and a quarterback falls to them. Is it going to be Bryce Young? No, it's Is not it going to be Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson. Is it going to be Anthony Richardson? Maybe. Maybe. Is it going to be Will Levis? Maybe. Uh, and those two, guess what? Your statement is still probably true. Desmond Ritter is probably your week one starter. And if one of those guys beats him out, God bless him. But mm-hmm. you're not in a position where you have to do that at all, in my opinion. And so you're not going to get young. You're not going to get Stroud. Maybe one of Levis or uh, Richardson is a guy that you'd love to have in here. I mean, both of them are incredible tools, uh, arm talent, size, athleticism. Richardson's in his own tier. But Will, Will Levis is pretty damn good with the tools as well. So uh, I think regardless, then Ritter would still be the number one. Uh, maybe you do want him to have to go out there and earn it with Heineke still, but I don't think that's, I don't think it's an issue for Ritter also. He's not going to come in and be like, oh, I'm the number one. I'm, I'm going to sit on my hands. Yeah, I think he walks into this as a number one unless they make a trade. And, yeah. you know, the, you know, the trade in there is there's only one guy that the Falcons have been linked with, probably will continue to be linked with until it's all said and done, and that's Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to mm-hmm. turn this into a Lamar Jackson show. Yeah. But he's still out there and he's still interesting and it's still possible. There's money, there's draft picks, there's opportunity. While you have those three things with the Atlanta Falcons, Lamar Jackson's name's going to still pop up. I don't think it's going to happen and I don't advocate for it, but that's always a possibility. Victor coming in with that Christian, uh, not Christian, the, the Brazilian R. Um, Coming in green, he says, just to think, thank you guys for all the effort on the weekly show. We appreciate it, sir. Thank also, you. can the Calais signing direct the number eight pick for a cornerback? We could go edge on day two. I don't think a 37-year-old signing is going to really have any effect on what you want to do in the draft. Um, Especially early. Yeah, with number eight. eight with, yeah. with number eight. Now, may it say, okay, when I get down into the fifth round and I've got a defensive lineman that's 300 pounds or this, or a, a, a really fast wide receiver. I might go wide receiver in that case, but I don't think so at number eight. I, I think at number eight, you're still looking for your, the, the top prospect on your board that, that fits value, that, that fits value. You know, if you've got a punter and well, this is the best punter we've ever seen. He's rated highest on our board. Yeah. Forget that. So, you know, some common sense when I say that, mm-hmm. um, 
that I still think corner is absolutely there. It's absolutely there for sure. Um, but we, you know, we went Tyree Wilson on Monday. And if Tyree Wilson was still there, and when we do a mock draft, and we'll run through one here late before we get out of here, I'm taking Tyree Wilson again for the Atlanta mm-hmm. Falcons. Absolutely. And and guess what? I'm putting him in Calais Campbell's hip pocket. So if you guys are going to room together, you know, I mean, Calais is probably married, but let's say you're in, in training camp, you know, you guys are going to be roommates. You're going to learn everything this guy does. You're going to become Calais Campbell because he's what, 280 pounds? Six foot yep. five, six foot six. He's a big dude. Hmm. So it, for me, it could be more of a mentorship. It might even encourage me to take an edge, honestly, to to have a chance to work with with uh, Calais Campbell in his first year. Appreciate the support, though, dude. And wanna, just coming back, back to up, up, Calais up a little quick, bit, yeah. and I'll hand, I'll hand it over to you, Nick, on this okay. one because you'll you can kind of throw all this in together, roll it right in. Ryan comes and he says, "Good morning, guys. Defense is looking pretty good now. Can we talk Bijan Robinson at number eight? Oh, real quick about Campbell and uh, Tyree Wilson. How about uh, the leadership uh, with J- potential Jalen Carter? I mean, with everything going on there right now, you talk about a guy who's, you know, first thing he wants to do coming in here is like, what's the community service opportunities? You got Grady Jarrett as well. Uh, two old heads who've been around and the David league. David Onyemata, who's 30 years old. And David Onyemata. I mean, what a good room to potentially bring in Jalen Carter, who maybe has a little growing up to do. Uh, great I shout. Think. Yep, great shout. Now, what do you feel? I don't fit in here. You know, maybe you can buddy buddy with Taquan Graham some, but you know, I'm with all these old men. I'm not going to hang out with them other, you know, or you know, do you? They embrace them and say, "All right, kid, you're you're with us. Grow up." Yep. Now yep. you have big leagues. This is an investment. It's time to figure it out. You know, we've all been there. We've all been the dumbass kid. Sorry to for cussing, but you know, getting a car up to you know way too fast at some dirt road in the especially in Iowa in the country at some point. But uh, now you are uh, you're an adult. People depend on you. This is generational stuff here. So you know, time to. Time to get it together. So maybe, you know, that room would be pretty good for them. Uh, can we talk about Bijan Robinson at eight? Bijan Robinson, incredible running back talent. Probably, in my book, the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. I don't think he's quite Saquon Barkley. I don't think he's a big, fast, strong. I mean, Saquon was just un unfreaking godly believable. Uh, but Bijan is really... I, I, he's I not, think Bijan's better than Saquon at the same time. Oh, I, I do not agree. But uh, well, I guess mm-hmm. we'll see how it plays out. I think Saquon was unbelievable coming out but Bijan I think he's right right underneath that um really really talented you could play him at slot receiver and you'd he'd be worth a top like 20 pick like that's the type of athlete you're talking about there playmaker so uh eight overall I guess my question is this is the running back barometer and I really have a hard time taking running back top eight I mean we're coming off again being a Bronco fan here uh Javonta Williams knee injury the running back position is just so volatile with those injuries that you have so eight overall could be tear it up uh, you know, in one season, it's true for any position, but I feel like running back even more. So you're probably not playing for that second contract as much as well. So my question is, if you plug Bijan Robinson in this Falcons team, are they a Super Bowl contender this year? No, then you're not, then you shouldn't take him at eight. I mean, no. that's it's um, really that and for me, it's not even that Ryan and, and appreciate the comment, Ryan. And we've, we've already had a little back and forth and it's all good natured. Um, yeah. Because you know he's not the only one. You know, D. Lawton is coming here talking about Bijan Robinson. Marquise coming in here talking about Bijan Robinson. And and here's here's how it works for me. You know, I, I grew up when middle linebackers and running backs were still cool. You know, they're not anymore. But you know, I mean, think of you know Gen Xers. Who did, who do we grow up with? You know, Walter Payton, Earl Campbell. Go to Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders and and. Uh, Mike Singletary and Brian Urlacher and all these linebackers, you know, those are devalued positions. Here's my point on this, though. You don't have to have a Bijan Robinson level running back in order to have great success running the football when you're the Atlanta Falcons. Tyler Algier set a William Andrews record last year with just 1,200 yards. And he, didn't, he wasn't even on the roster the first game of the season. He was a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even active. You have Caleb Huntley who comes in and tears it up before he tears it up and gets hurt. You've seen what's happened with Cordell Patterson as a $3 million free agent taken off the, the scrap heap. You don't have to spend a premium pick or spend premium money. In this case, I will use capital because I use picks or money. That is capital, not draft mm-hmm. capital because those are only picks. Just say draft picks. That you don't have to spend a lot to have great success. So why would I? Why would I? It's like, okay, if if I've got, 
Bijan Robinson, does he go, you know, if I go full time and I, I go all in with Algier and then have a number two behind him and I share the carry some, is the difference between what Bijan's going to do in this offense that much different than what Tyler Algier is already going to do? 2,000 yards versus 1,500, is that worth, a, you know, that's top pie in the sky numbers. Is that worth a number eight pick or are you better off shoring up a positional value at cornerback or edge with really good prospects? For me, I still want to go with the premium spot knowing I don't have to have the best running back in the NFL to have the best running game. Yeah. I mean, running back is what? 15%, uh, 20% of what the what makes a run game tick. Most of it's the offensive line, some of it's schemes, some of it's quarterback and weapons too. I mean, God, if you have a really good wide receiver, they're going to help create space. Uh, Chris Walker coming in saying, morning, guys, we have we got the Raven that I really wanted, but I wasn't expecting the Falcons to get. Yeah, we talked about it at the top of the show. Good get for the Falcons. And I mean, talk about Cam, we mentioned him being a potential leader, you know, kind of helping pave the way for a player like Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter, if he was here. Also, Lucas Van Ness. I mean, Lucas Van Ness is an inside-outside guy, and he has been an absolute destroyer of guards in one-on-one situations as a three-technique who's an inside-outside versatile player who's pretty raw. And I mean, there's Campbell, the word. The versatility that some of these guys are bringing. So, like, you want to run a 3-4, you want to run a 4-3. We're, yeah. we're not we're, – we're an amoeba. We'll run whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a good get for them there. Uh, springing it back finally to the edge or the uh, draft talk here for them. I mean – Running back, I think there is obviously a point uh, where the guy is too talented that you can't take him. But for me, it's not top 10 uh, for uh, B. John in this draft class even. I think you're probably talking about 15 to 20. And if you trade it down to 15 to 20, got an extra you know, second-round pick or a two next year and a three this year or something, you know, move back six slots, then maybe we can have that conversation. But I think there's just going to be too talented of a defensive lineman, uh, cornerback, offensive lineman available uh, to have that conversation personally. And Lee, appreciate you coming in. This is Dwight Freeney 2.0. I'm not sure if you're talking Campbell there. That's a very different player if we're talking somebody else. Dwight Freeney was an undersized. Speed. High motor, vicious edge. Campbell's more in the Richard Seymour mode. They've been around, mm-hmm. around you know, just a, a super, probably played some defensive tackle, moved some end, uh, yeah. can play inside and outside. And, um, so, but appreciate you coming into the chat. Dave Glassman coming in with the hearts, the thumbs up. Thank you, sir. Aki Dragon says, uh, good morning, good morning. And Brandon Swank says, well, what will it cost if DeAndre Hopkins was traded to, I'm thinking the Falcons here. He just says us. Uh, just think about the wideouts look like now. The Falcons did make a, another signing. Again, this wasn't supposed to be an Atlanta Falcons only show, but they've been the ones making the news lately you know they've been making a ton of ton of uh ton of moves they've had a lot of opportunity and they are making moves including naming their quarterback not commenting having a a a not comment on uh on lamar jackson we're not talking about other teams players signing two wide receivers not just one they got mac hollins big guy and they got scotty miller what what do you know about scotty miller coming in from the tampa bay buccaneers other than you know what i've seen on the on his uh stat sheet on the back of his baseball card He's an underneath player uh, that can do a little bit for you. That's a pretty good number four wide receiver. If you're looking out there, I don't know how much special teams uh, core four value he's going to bring to you, but he's a nice guy to have that you can uh, compete out there with. And if he gets beat out in camp, then that's great. But uh, he helps. He should help solidify the room and add just another option that you can depend on and get to. Nick comes in and asks, appreciate you coming in, Nick. Thank you, sir. He says, who should we pick uh, if you're the Falcons cornerback or edge? Yes. <laughs> yes, Nick. For me, it is cornerback or edge. And I want to see how the board falls. Yeah. For me, I think there's three guys that I probably want in that spot that I think could be available. Um, Tyree Wilson, Christian Gonzalez, Lucas Van Ness. I want one of those three. Two of them will probably go ahead of eight, which would leave Lucas Van Ness. So then you want to say Devin Witherspoon at corner? Possibly. Uh, is that is that where you want to go? Maybe. Um, I, I would probably go Lucas Van Ness in that case. But yeah, the, the answer for this, Nick, is yes. Yes. Edge or corner. Unless Jalen Carter comes. If he falls yeah. down into there, like like Nick, like Nick talked about earlier, you throw him in with Grady Jarrett, I think, has probably been a man of the year nominee as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 30 years old, mature. You put him in there with these professionals. On the offensive line, I mean, on the defensive line with uh, with Anyamata, with um, 
Campbell. Class Campbell with Grady Jarrett. That'd be a pretty good mentorship room for a talent like Jalen Carter. I could get behind that. Yeah, very interesting there. And kind of some interesting comments in the chat, too, talking about uh, Lucas Van Ness being a uh, third-round talent, second-round talent. Uh, last year, we saw a guy who was uh, you know, even less productive in Trevon Walker, who was a projection there based on athletic tools, go number one overall. Now, personally, I think Lucas Van Ness is a pick 16 to pick 12 kind of range where I'd have him go, but uh, he's a very talented pass rusher. I believe he's only 20 years old. And he tested extremely well at the combine. Uh, so he's, he, he's, he can do win in a lot of different ways. So if you yeah, take him there, it's, it's not about what he is right now. It's about what you think he can be based on the traits and the tools. Yeah. When I think talent, I think for football, I think athleticism, size, speed, agility. He's six, five, 275 pounds, uh, with 34 inch arms, a four, five, eight, 40, uh, a seven Oh two Elkone. That's really good. Four, three, two shuttle. That's that's a first round talent. Now, can you get that out of him? We'll see. We'll see. But you know, talent can be all encompassing. So I, I get the point on that. But physically speaking, he's a high first round physical talent. Yeah. And the realist coming in. He says, Good morning, guys. Driving to work and listen to you. We'll be careful. We appreciate yeah. it. James Grove says, Good morning. Good morning to you as well, James. Um, we had a couple questions in here also about, so we, we might want to get into a, a mock draft here shortly. Cause it's like, Hey, who should, who should we, uh, go after in the spot? So, you know, we'll get into that. Let me, let me run through the chat real quick and say, finish up our, some hellos. But Tyler Eccles says super pump. The season will be exciting. Now let's trade up for Will Anderson and some gems in the late rounds and get to work. Now that is interesting. You mm -hmm. know, if, if, if Anderson's sitting there at, let's say one, two, three, if quarterbacks could go four. One, two, three, four. That leaves the Seahawks at five. Now, was it Bucky Brooks saying the Seahawks could take Hennon Hooker at five? You know, somebody has like recently come out and said that. You sent that to me yesterday. That's a little no. bit of a stretch. There's no, no way quarterbacks go one through five. Just no way. No. No way. I mean, there's never been four quarterbacks taken in the top ten in NFL history, let alone the first four picks in a really? row. Because yes. I know there's been like one, two, three, and three. Justin, Justin Fields, Fields would have been close. Where do you come in? About 12? I think he went 11 or 12. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I remember the Achilles Smith year. I think that was a one, two, three year. Um, but yeah, very interesting. But uh, Will Anderson, I mean, Will Anderson's great. If you, if he falls within and it's not too expensive to move up, that's fine. I think trading up in the top 10 for a non quarterback is really risky uh, to do that. I mean, you're, I just don't know if I'd be about that, but uh, definitely possible uh, if you love him a lot. And he's like, he's been a, what do you have? 31 tackles for loss in 2021 season as an edge rusher is unfreaking un believable. Uh, he, he, I think he can play in coverage some as well. He's a good enough athlete, uh, leader on that Alabama team, does dirty work up front too. He's, you know, they're not just, you know, setting him up to get padded stats. You know, some schemes are like, hey, we got a superstar. We're going to do everything we can to do that. Everybody on Alabama is a superstar. So that means that everybody has to do a little bit of the dirty work sometimes. And Anderson did do that for them. So, uh, great player. If you can get him, that'd be amazing. Probably won one too many games to be for that to be a conversation, though. So um, we'll see how it plays out. Ryan Adonis, um, AK-47, Carter Malone on the edges. Maybe Nolan Smith would be an idea. Nolan Smith is interesting. Uh, he's, I think, certainly in the conversation that you want to talk about another big leader. Um, the players and coaches at Georgia absolutely adore him. He tested great. Uh, I'm really curious to see what his role is going to be at the next level because he is tiny for an edge rusher. Like, tiny. But... Could he be a first and second down off ball? Sorry, Scott, cover your ears. Off ball linebacker and then a pass rush specialist on third down. You know, line him over the A gap, line him over, over the uh, outside. I mean, somebody's going to have to be a little bit creative with how they use him, but potentially, I mean, not every single player is this person, but like potentially maybe Micah Parsons set the, uh, the pathway for a type of usage for somebody like a Nolan Smith. Well, here's what I think. I mentioned it with a 4 3. You know, if I've got. If I'm running a 4-3 and I got uh, Anyamata and, and Grady Jarrett inside and I can rotate Taquan Graham at 285 and Calais Campbell at, at 300 pounds at one of the defensive ends, um, who am I missing? Eddie Goldman can move in and out. Grady Jarrett can play some end in that. If I go big and versatile on my front four, I can move a smaller guy like Will Anderson around or Nolan Smith around as a, an, an old-fashioned 4-3 outside linebacker that I can walk up and down the up, up and down the lines and move them around. So 
I think it makes a lot of sense. And again, the versatility of this defense should be a lot of fun. Um, let's get into this, though. Uh, there's been so many questions on here about um, about who who could be take, who could be available. And, and when I say we, it's been a lot of Falcons fans early. But again, the Falcons fans are in the news right now. Um, but let's let's hit on some of this. We've got about 30 minutes or so. Um, share screen tire screen and we can uh we can we can go through at least the top 10 and probably a little bit faster than that uh and we, we will do no trades if that's okay with everybody in the in the in the chat there's lots of y'all in here so this is your show too i'm ready to go and grab some uh grab some mock draft and say good morning to kevin good morning kevin thank you for good coming morning, on Kevin's. facebook good to see you but i'm ready to go if you are nick yeah, let's do. I mean, I see some comments here. I don't want to forget anybody. Brennan saying the Bron Falcons need a wide receiver. Who'd you like the Falcons to pick up? Speed guy, Tyler Scott, uh, Reed from Michigan State would be great. Uh, maybe they want to bring in more speed, maybe somebody in the second, third round. But it's uh, you'll have some options there day two. Uh, Michael Mitchell saying we still need to beef up the offensive line, handle pass blocking. We're only good at run blocking. Part of that was because of the the quarterback and the uh, the weapons on the outside. But I think that it's certainly a uh, – area that you could consider for this Falcons team. Um, if the best player available that you absolutely adore is Peter Skronsky or Paris Johnson at eight, then God bless. I'm not against it at all. You talked about people wanting to add um, a luxury and B. John Robinson at eight overall. Well, how about a luxury to continue to fortify that offensive line? I mean, if it has there been a team in the last five years that has proven to be quarterback proof or independent more than what the Eagles did last season, you know, like with maybe the 49ers, Maybe the, that's another yeah. good one. So that's a, I think adding to the offensive line is a, a route that is not likely compared to edge and cornerback, but one that there is merit to it. I know the top end of the draft first three, four rounds better than the back end. And we did this on Monday on the Falcons podcast. And this was a dream mock for me. Uh, so you ask, you know, Scott, what would you do? You know, yeah, this is what I would do. Tyree Wilson would be a great choice at eight edge. Steve Avila at, with a with a second round pick, guard, plug and play, left guard, and then there's your wide receiver, and then your running back Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears can fly. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I just being able to get a guy like Tajay Spears in the fourth just tells me I don't want to take Bijan at number eight. Yeah, I love Bijan. When the first time I saw him run, he was a freshman. I'm like, okay, you know, he needs to go right to the pros and and save the wear and tear on his body. Let's let's get into this. Um, we'll start draft, and um, you know we can go. You know, Panthers are on the clock. Need to see the screen though. Yeah, Looks let me like reshare that, dum dum. I stopped the share. Entire screen. Panthers yeah. are on the clock. I say let's just uh, do what the talking heads have been saying that they're going to do for now. Let's not do anything too spicy. Let's give them C.J. Stroud. There yep. is some talk about Anthony Richardson. Maybe Bryce Young could still be an option there, but uh, C.J. Stroud right now. Seems to be chalk. I think that's the way to go for us. Yep. And I, I think picking next, I think I still feel Bryce Young is in the top two mm -hmm. with who. And right now it feels like CJ Stroud is going to be number one. Uh, so I go Houston Texans to with Bryce Young. This, you know, this pick has become a bit more of a question for for Arizona. There's talk about them, you know, switching out with uh, with the uh, the Colts. That way the Colts get their pick of the next two picks and somebody doesn't jump over them and take the third quarterback. Um, but in, in this case, we're going to stay in this spot. I want to stick with my gut here and, and say that I may have taken Jalen Carter at one point, but I, I would go Will Anderson now. Will Anderson definitely seems like an option. And I think it was Daniel Jeremiah about two, three weeks ago, put in Tyree Wilson here as well. So I think mm -hmm. Tyree Wilson is a, in the conversation right. here. Uh, he only had to move him up like one spot. He's been real high on Tyree Wilson, not yeah. as high on Will Levis. Um, but I want to go. Um, I do want to go Will Anderson in this spot. I think I think Carter has hurt his stock enough that it could cost him a top five spot. I don't think he gets out of the top ten. No, I agree. So I, Will Anderson's the way to go here in my and, opinion. And, and, and he's not going to get out of the top ten in mine yeah. <laughs> in my mock draft. So now, now you're going quarterback, you know, Lamar Jackson's still an option for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm -hmm. They have been eerily quiet this offseason, eerily quiet this offseason, yet they got moved up to six and a half wins by DraftKings as well. And you want to talk about a team that has no idea who their quarterback's going to be. Um, yeah. 
they got to go quarterback here unless something happens. Right now, nothing has happened. Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and if they don't like these guys at all, get out of there. Trade mm-hmm. down. Trade down. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think they're they they're going to take one of these guys. I know who I would take it b- between these two. What about you? I think you can go either way uh, with Shane Steichen. I, I would lean Anthony Richardson because I like the tools, but quarterback is as much about, you know, what's in the chest and what's between the ears. And unless you sit down with those guys and do, you know, uh, FBI level background checks on what makes them tick, then uh, it's hard for us to say from where we sit. So I would lean Richardson, but if they did the all the, you know, intangible checks and Will Levis ended up being the guy there, I wouldn't fault that. I feel like because Richardson's in this class, we aren't giving as much credit to Levis's tools. Both these guys are risky. Mm-hmm. Both can be uh, inaccurate. I know Levis was dealing with a foot injury last season that could have zapped him a good bit. The Kentucky offensive line and wide receivers were dreadful as well. So I don't think it's all on Levis. I think he's a top 10, top 12 caliber pick as well, but he's not Anthony Richardson as far as the tools. So I would lean uh, Richardson personally. And also what, what good uh, we talked about it earlier, but the development, you know, run kind of interesting scheme quarterback uh, that we saw with the Eagles last year, uh, who was their offensive coordinator? Shane Steichen. Shane where, Steichen. Does he, where does he coach now? Indianapolis Colts. I think uh, they can go good with either of these guys. These are the two best. And Brendan asked the question, if they're on Lamar, they'd probably go Richardson, right? Not necessarily. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are the two most athletic running quarterbacks. Now, you didn't see that as much as Levis because he took so many sacks last year at Kentucky, ended up with negative rushing yards. But as far as the ability to run, it's these two over mm-hmm. over Stroud and Carter. So if you're trying to look for the next Jalen Hurts type of guy, you're better off with these guys. Will Levis is a good athlete. Anthony Richardson is an elite athlete. Will Levison, they both have really good arms. Will Levis is definitely much more accurate, much more refined. But I'm Shane Steichen. I'm, I'm, I'm a head coach in this league, which means I'm arrogant. And I believe I can mold these guys with tools into something. And I don't mean that as a negative. They don't get to where they are without being super confident in themselves. I'm going Anthony Richardson on this one, too, for those reasons. And you don't have to play him right away. Uh, who did they bring in? They brought in um, Minshew, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Yep. Yeah. So Gardner Minshew can start. The expectations won't be sky high for this team, you know, depending on what they do. And and you could have some time and you can build packages for Anthony Richardson to get him in the game right away. When the Falcons had both Chris Chandler and Michael Vick, Chandler started Vick's rookie year, but they found ways to use a 4 2 guy on the field. Richardson's like that. I'll find a way to get this guy on the field. Uh, yep. So I'm going Anthony Richardson there, too. Uh, Leon Mapstone, hello. Good to see you again. Glad you're uh, glad you're here. Appreciate you. The outfit is just amazing. I Leon, love the it. fit. Yep. It's the Memphis it. Tigers there. It's an incredible. <laughs> um, I mentioned here. Uh, I'm going Jalen Carter in this spot for the Seahawks. I think I'm going to lean Tyree Wilson personally. Um, they spent okay. big money on uh, Draymond uh, Jones. Obviously, J- Jalen Carter. Draymond wouldn't keep you from taking Jalen, but Tyree Wilson feels like a safer player. Also, specifically, the Seahawks were freaking terrible at edge defense last season, stopping the run. So I think Tyree Wilson can fix that more so as a safer thing, a safer player for them. And, I mean, you're talking about the team that used Michael Bennett for a number of years inside-outside. I think Tyree Wilson can do that role. A good pick at five. Um, That'd be my record. I would take for the Seahawks. I would take Jalen Carter in this spot, Um, but I'm going to I'm going to. You can do what you want. No, I'm gonna say what's the word? I'm gonna I'm not gonna submit. That's that's a little strong. I'm gonna yield. I'm gonna yield here to uh to Nick and go Tyree Wilson. Number six. All right. Well, Detroit here is in a good spot. They they feel okay at the quarterback position. Um, you know, and it's not just these guys. There's you know, when we're talking about the top 15, there's a lot of variance between where these guys rank. You know, Porter Mm -hmm. could be top 10. Um, Christian Gonzalez could go in the top five. Uh, I think Quentin Johnson might be a little high here at nine. Um, Will Levis, we've seen anywhere from one to 20 (laughs) so (laughs) far this month. Um, I'm not letting I'm not letting Jalen Carter get by the lions though. I'm with you here. Uh, there's been some talk about Jalen Carter and the lions over the last 48 hours. Campbell was talking about him yesterday saying that they have a couple of, uh, I don't know who it is on that defense, but they have a former Georgia Bulldog on there that says, uh, you know, there's some interest there um, from Georgia. Campbell. like, oh, I've been talking to some people about Jalen Carter. Uh, we learned some stuff, but uh, I think Carter here makes a lot of sense. It's a fit that we haven't talked about that much yet. 
um, also, and that's a team that's been dreadful on the defense. You put another investment there. I know they took Aline McNeil, uh, Aiden Hutchinson out there. The, uh, Houston, the edge rusher as well, they took from Jackson State last season. So uh, that's one that I think makes a lot of sense. And Kevin says defer. That is absolutely the word I was looking for. Thank you, sir. Uh, Tyler Eccles says, Indy is not a QB away from the playoffs either, so why take the risk and in, in, you know, and possibly be up for Caleb Williams next year? Because you don't go into a season planning to tank for the next season, uh, at least not that obviously. And so you're taking your quarterback of the future. That's why Anthony Richardson makes sense. You're not up for the playoffs next year, so why not get an uber-talented guy like Anthony Richardson now while you can? Because um, there's absolutely no guarantee you will have a chance to take Caleb Williams or Drake Mayer, one of the, one of the top two. You'll have to be one or two to get those two guys. Or, yeah, you're going to have to be one or two to get those two guys. <laughs> Anything can happen, but like when I look at their roster, I think that this was probably a bottom-out year for the Colts and a team next year that seems way more in line to be that tanking team is a team like the Cardinals. Um, so that's, I don't know, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Raiders on the clock now. I think this is a great spot for Will Levis. Personally. I was thinking, like they just they just got Jimmy G, right? Yep. But you know that's not a long term option. He no. he's in the, his contract's probably set up where they could go one or two years with him and, and move out. And what a great way to bring in a first round quarterback where he's he can you can ease him in some, and hopefully yep. the next coach will like him after McDaniel's gets fired. Um, kidding, kind of. Um. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I know they just put some money into um, put some money into Jimmy G, but it, it makes sense for me. It makes sense to me here too. I agree. So Will Levis, Will Levis, the hype around Will Levis and his pro day throws and everything is going to be sky high. He is a pretty thrower of the football. Absolutely, mm -hmm. he's got. If if we're going and we're watching all four of these guys and they all go to a pro day setting and throw side by side, Will Levis is your number one pick, no doubt. Um, Maybe Richardson. So, you know, getting him at seven is a pretty good opportunity here. Um, I, for me, this pick at number eight, but you know, lots of questions coming in, you know, that had come in today. This pick becomes real easy for me at number. Well, I wouldn't say real easy. It's still close for me because I really like Van Ness. Mm -hmm. But on this board, it becomes pretty easy for the Atlanta Falcons with Tyree Wilson off the board. I what I say earlier today, y'all. Tyree Wilson, Christian Gonzalez, Lucas Van Ness. I think one of those guys should be there at eight. Two of them are right now, so we've got a choice. Yeah, Christian I Gonzalez or Lucas Van Ness. I personally would go Christian Gonzalez. I'm okay uh, with I that think, too. I love Lucas Van Ness, and maybe that's me guarding against my own bias here. Uh, Christian yep. Gonzalez, I think, is better uh, in an off coverage scheme. If you're looking for your like press every single time kind of guy, I don't think he's that physical type of dog on the outside, but he's very fluid. He's a great athlete, got good ball skills, uh, smart. He'd have been a first round pick if he stayed at Colorado last year, rather than transferring to Oregon where he was able to better showcase because he was surrounded by better players. So uh, that's, I would, I would go Christian Gonzalez here, but if somebody wanted to make the case for a Devon Witherspoon, if somebody wanted to make a case for one of these offensive linemen, if somebody wanted to make a case for Lucas Van Ness, I would completely understand it. Uh, but the one for me here is, Christian Gonzalez and honestly, Scott, this is not what we're doing today uh, with this Falcons team, but I like it. not a, enough of the talent here that like, let's say the Titans wanted to move up to number eight here and I could move back to 11 or somebody, if I could stick in like the top 14, uh, I would consider what, at least what the offers are there. But uh, yeah. if we have to make the pick here, I would probably take uh, Christian Gonzalez. I'm going Christian Gonzalez too. And there's, there's a lot of ways like we've said all along and Joe says a sound went out. So give, give us a heads up in the, in the, in the stream it's going to it's okay for me uh i heard nick go come come through just fine but we're on the back end here um i would go christian gonzalez here as well or or lucas van i'm like i said i'm really intrigued by a 6 5 280 pound guy running in the four fives with his athleticism um uh, you know and the versatility that you have there but uh i i'm okay with this we we really advocated for the falcons last year for sauce gardner or Derek stingley they were both gone at eight last year and those would have been really good picks uh especially sauce to, to put up opposite aj terrell aj terrell is going to be worth 20 million dollars next year one more year he'll be a first he'll get his first round option picked up then you're gonna have to pay the man he's gonna be expensive so to have two of those guys one on a rookie contract one getting paid that's okay you can you can you can get away with that so i'm going christian gonzalez here too <clears throat> like that pick the bears man the bears 
again, they're a lot like the Falcons. They had holes everywhere. So you can go, uh, you can go, you know, best prospect available here. Um, you know, but what, you know, what do you feel? You, you shore up that offensive line. Do you get a receiver for Justin Fields? Cause he hasn't had a ton of weapons. They, they tried a little bit with Chase Claypool, but that wasn't a number one. Yeah, I, I'm taking Peter Skronsky here. I'm going meat and potatoes. Local guy from Chicago. I know that pairing, you know, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba with Justin Fields, although I don't know how much overlap there was there. I mean, they were there at the same time, but I don't know how much Jackson Smith and Jigba was playing given the unbelievable talent that Ohio State has at wide receiver. Uh, but uh, Peter Skronsky, I think, is the way I'm going to go here. Just the safest, one of the safest players in the draft. Justin Fields was the second most sacked player last season. The only reason he wasn't the most sacked is because he got injured and missed games. Uh, so uh, I'm going to try to make it as easy for him as possible. I think we can scheme up some guys uh, getting open as well. We can add more talent later. I think there's it's going to be, put it this way, the, we have more picks coming up. Uh, it's going to be easier to find a wide receiver that I like. I think day two versus an offensive tackle slash uh, offensive lineman in general. That I, I agree. About. And I, I think they had Broderick Jones at right tackle last year who really overachieved and, and did really Braxton. well. Now it's. Braxton Jones. Braxton Jones, sorry. Broderick Jones is in this draft. Braxton yes. from Southern Utah. Uh, fifth round pick, I believe. And yep. they've got Peter Skaronsky, who is solid as can be in this spot. Let's shore up the tackle positions. You might not have the big weapons for Justin Fields. I mean, they added DJ Moore. That's, like that's they... true also, <laughs> which is a really a, a, another good pick. So that's another knock against wide receiver. Yeah. So... The weapons don't necessarily matter if you can't block. Shore up the lines. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with that one, too. Let's go Peter Skronsky. And I'm going to hit on the chat real quick. Peter Skronsky at nine. Um, Leon's been asking, what is Lamar Jackson going to do? I think after all the huffing and hollering and all that stuff, at the end of the day, he's going to be a Baltimore Raven. That that That's what I think. The question is, does he sit out? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a possibility. That's the question. I don't think so. Neither one of them can afford that. I mean. He can afford it. They can, can afford it. it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He can afford it. Mm -hmm. And if he's, you know, everybody's like, oh, nobody want to trade for him for the injuries. Well, why the hell would I play on a one-year contract when I could be leaving yeah, multiple uh, millions? Lamar Jackson, he, who's who's 26 years old, yeah. you know, he can he could sit out a year. You know, these guys will sit out a year. It used to have to sit out a year or two to transfer schools, and they would. He's 26. He can yeah. sit out a year, heal up his body, go on a yeah. showcase, and, you know, I just, I think he could afford it. I don't think they can. Um, we'll see. I, I think, I think he ends up a Raven at the end of the day. It's um, ugly. And also in social media, it's very public, right? Like yeah. he's tweeting about it as well. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, but if I was, I mean, some people might be irritated at this, but if I was his agent or, you know, in his ear, I'd be like, listen, everybody's like, oh, we don't want to pay you. Cause you're going to be injured. Well, then why the bleep would you pay? Why would the, would you play then until you get paid? If they are so yeah. worried about that, then maybe you should <laughs> say, okay, well then God, why the heck would I play? Yeah, I'll just set out then. I uh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it is definitely it's interesting. Um, I root for players, you know. Um, and you know he came out and said he was offered four with one thirty three or three with one thirty three guaranteed. That's about Daniel Jones money. Mm -hmm. Um, he wants a little more than that. And again, oh, you're turning down a hundred million dollars. It's it's not the money. It's just it's just not. That's not what it means to these guys. They it's an, it's an ego thing and it's how they, they feel they are valued by their team, by their league, by how they are paid amongst their peers. It matters. It matters more than the extra $20 million because they've got more money than they'll ever be able to spend. Regardless, it's, it's a, it's a value thing. And if whatever job you've been in, you know, hopefully you've been in an opportunity where you're making enough money where it's just like, okay, it's not the money really anymore. It's like, I don't feel appreciated. And no matter what you're making, that's a bad feeling. You you, you want to do something else. And that's what this is about. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how it shakes out. But we're now on the clock with the Eagles. Speaking of being able to take luxury picks here, what do the Eagles want to do at number 10 now? This is an interesting spot, and this is where the Bijan Robinson one, I think, first uh, happens. For I me, did that last year. I did like one of the first picks I did. I was like, yeah. who, who is in a luxury position to take the best player in the damn draft? Eagles. Now that's Eagles. It. It's not going to happen. Yeah. With that said, Howie Roseman would probably, you know, <laughs> we think he's kidnapped if he used it on a non value <laughs> position. 
Uh, so I think the conversation comes here um, with a number of players, and they're all on the defensive side of the ball for me. Uh, one of them being Nolan Smith. Uh, I think that he's too low here at 21. I think he's going to be in that uh, 10 to 16 range. Lucas Van Ness also up there as well. I think he's uh, those two should be talked about. They're the opposites, but in the same thing. So much higher for Lucas Van Ness. He passed him. Uh, and then also we talk about uh, D- uh, Devon Weatherspoon for me. They brought back both their cornerbacks. I think that uh, he's not going to be able to help himself with this. So I think uh, Howie Roseman with the defensive line, he just loves to invest in those offense and defensive line. Why go away with what works? Um, I think Lucas Van Ness here for the Eagles. Yeah, that would, and they're turning into the Ravens for me at that point, where it's like, how do they keep getting these freak players and have these monsters on defense? Oh, because they are freak players, but they weren't considered quite ready, and they got them later on in the draft and didn't necessarily have to throw them to the Wolves right away. Um, you know, so again, you know, I, I thought Lucas Van Ness was good enough to go eight. Mm-hmm. That taking him here, we talk about a luxury player. Can I develop him for a year and have those tools and really turn him into something or use him like Iowa did in, in situations where he may not be a, a three down guy, but you know, designated pass rusher inside outside versatility. Yeah. That would be a fun pick for them. We've got a couple more minutes. We might try and squeeze in a few more here. Um, yeah. Titans on the clock. Titans have, done some salary cap shedding Nick or in the process of doing it. So I'm not sure what they're, you know, they, they say their needs here, a wide receiver OL. There's plenty of good OL on the board. I think I'd probably rather go OL than wide receiver in a vacuum, but what would the Titans rather do here? Are the Titans as a dark horse team to trade up for a Will Levis? You know, if something's going on there, a team that, you know, Ryan Tannehill's contract set up to move on from him here pretty soon. They're, They're an older roster. So getting a, young quarterback to help reset that salary cap. I just think that uh, that's a one to maybe keep an eye on there, but uh, Titans for me, this seems like a pretty easy pick uh, overall. I think that uh, Paris Johnson uh, is, they need offensive line help. He's probably the best one available. Maybe they make a play for Broderick Jones instead, but uh, I think Paris Johnson's a little bit higher up on my board. So uh, I'd go that way. Yeah. I like that pick as well. Um, Houston Texans, they got their quarterback. Now do you get him some protection? Do you get him a weapon? I think you how do you invest here. in here? I always, I always like to pair him with, uh, you know, his personal protector personally. But I don't, I don't really know their situation at tackle. They just paid Laramie Tunsil to become the highest paid offensive tackle in NFL league go. history. Um, obviously, getting another offensive lineman is never a bad way to go. But I think this is a Jackson Smith and Jigba spot here um, for them. I think that adding the that type of player. I mean, even if he's just a zero slot, if you're living in 11 personnel, Bryce Young can find him. He's going to be open. Uh, you know who I might ask? You just froze up. Oh, just I think that him like, with you know who I might ask about that awesome. What do you think about this guy? I might ask my new quarterback, Bryce Young. What do you think? You know, yeah. we're trying to choose between, you know, give it, give me a quick scattering report on Jackson Smith and Jigba. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the way I'm going to go. Uh, I, I would recommend here. I like that pick. The Jets. The Jets are making some noise. It says they need tackle on linebacker. Well, they're not going linebacker at, at this spot. Um, but Broderick Jones is still out there. I mean, could they go linebacker and go with Nolan Smith? Yeah, I mean, it, Edge. I'm not talking. They, you know, they 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 call that one different. I think um, he's just such a u- unique player. Like, um, I don't know if I can share on here, but the, his uh, mock draftable spider graph is like wild because he's like zeroth percentile in height and weight but then all the athleticism out it's like if we put b john robinson and changed his position from running back the defensive to tackle edge rusher yeah it's like well no duh but uh, that's just the how he profiles it's really a uh, unique player but uh, i think maybe this is a broderick jones spot i mean we had a run on tackles here offensive line maybe just go out and uh, fix it and get it done there and uh, add him yeah I, I i think that if it says you know you, you could go linebacker but it better be outside at that mm-hmm. point um big guys there as well um chat's quiet quieted down there's lots of viewers in here so say hello if you if you have any questions or comments we'd love to see them it doesn't, doesn't just need to be uh me and nick here talking Devin weatherspoon's still on the board here Whew. he fell fell out a little bit could have gone at you know eight and now we're sitting here at 14 uh the patriots on the clock quarterback tackle edge i'm not sure there's a, a tackle anymore worth taking in that spot Edge. I'd, take, I'd take Weatherspoon. I think that the Patriots, I mean, they play so much cover one uh, out He's there. They so like physical. The, I love him. Yeah. 
he's a great player. I mean, I think that also that's, he just makes a lot of sense for what they like to do defensively. They like to play that five zero five front, and uh, they like to use one of their – so what they like to do is they like to double opposing teams number one with a shaded safety and then leave – the team's number two wide receiver in one-on-one situations with the cornerback Devon Witherspoon out there, press man against the number two. Sounds like a good matchup. All right. Well, we're going to do that one. Um, I'm trying to think of the Packers here and I can't believe I can't remember the wide receivers name that I love so much last year. Big kid. Christian Watson. Thank you. Christian Watson. All I can think of was Alec Pierce. I'm like, that's Colts. So what I'm thinking as I'm thinking ahead to the Packers, and yes, we are going to take Devin Weatherspoon here, and then we're going to finish this one at 15. We're going to go top 15 today with Quentin Johnson becomes real interesting. Um, it says needs basically everything: quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. I don't know that I necessarily want to uh, invest in another wide receiver at this point, knowing that you know what do I have in Jordan Love? I, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers playing for them. I said last year that I think he stays with the Packers. I think that's done done and dusted to get another big wide receiver to go opposite uh christian watson like quentin johnson could be real intriguing uh kalaja Kansi here uh big athletic he's the only not big <laughs> he's not but he's he's fast i mean he's uh yeah. he's real athletic for his size mm-hmm. i was looking at you know um ade ade's he was a 449 at 280 pounds the only guy who was listed as a defensive tackle at the NFL combine that ran under four, eight was Kalaja Kansi. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone to, you know, you could go, you could do well there. Um, they basically say they need everything here. If I wanted a long-term opposite guy, opposite Christian Watson, Quentin Johnson would fit the bill. Now I got a couple of those big receivers that I love. Makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm going to advocate here for a different player, though. I think that the Packers are, they just kind of have a mold that they go for here and they look for versatile players uh, that can do a bunch of different things. I think I'm going to say Nolan Smith here. I think we talked about him too much today to not include him in our top 15 mock. I uh, know the Packers, do the Packers exactly need an edge rusher, an offensive line, or a second level linebacker? No, but damn, they could use a good player that could do a little bit of everything out there. Uh, Rashawn Gary is coming off of a significant injury out there. Uh, the other line, uh, they signed Evandre Campbell, but Quay Walker wasn't incredible out there last year for them. Uh, they We don't know about the long-term um, for edge rusher Preston Smith. I mean, he could be a cap casualty. Uh, Kingsley Anikbari is like just purely a first and second down edge setting guy with absolutely no juice to him. So you put him on first down sometimes and then uh, second uh, second third down Nolan Smith. I think it makes a lot of sense. All right, well, let's go through. We'll, we'll, re, we'll re- recap what we did, and then we'll get out of here. CJ Stroud won. Uh, Texans, Bryce Young, Cardinals, Will Anderson, Colts, Anthony Richardson, Seahawks, Tyree Wilson, Lions, Jalen Carter, Raiders, Will Levis, Falcons, Christian Gonzalez, Bears, Peter Skaronsky, Eagles, Lucas Van Ness, Titans, Paris Johnson Jr., Texans again, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jets, tackle Broderick Jones, Patriots, Devin Witherspoon, corner, and Packers with Georgia Edge, Nolan Smith. This is going to sound crazy. Um, I'd be, unless you close it already, I'd be down to do another five picks. We are we typically go until 730 anyway. Top 20. Top I got it. I got, I do have to get going. So okay. let's do, uh, let's do the top. <laughs> we'll do the top 15 and we'll blow that through. Good. Next time we do this, we'll start with the mock draft. We'll do this next week unless something blows up again. Mm-hmm. And we'll go through an entire first round uh, next week, next Wednesday. So um, thanks everybody for being here. We had a, a, a nice crowd that comes in. It's always a nice crowd, but it was a big and nice crowd today. Um, we got Malcolm, Malcolm Brown coming in a little late. Kevin Fitzpatrick coming in a little late. So they're going to rewatch. Well, leave me a comment when you're watching. Um, the, the Facebook ones are a little tougher to get to that. I don't quite alert the same way. So, you know, the YouTube one, if you leave a comment, ask Ryan Adonis, he's always commenting. I'm, I'm going to be there. Um, and I'll send them to, uh, I'll send them to, to Nick. If you have any questions directly for him, uh, want to say thank you very much to our super chat superstars today. Uh, we have Michael Ranquillo coming in. We have Philip Hogginson coming in. We had Victor coming in as well. Um, so three of y'all that came in and helped keep the lights on, help keep Nick's internet running, uh, and help keeping my forehead good and shiny. Nick and I will be back on youtube.com slash mile high huddle for Broncos for breakfast tomorrow morning. And then we will be back talking Falcons Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern and then back for Coast to Coast Football, which we'll do more. This was a Falcons-oriented show today, but they're the ones making the news this week. 
And we'll do more uh, overarching stuff NFL next week on Coast to Coast, 9 a.m. on Wednesday. Nick, any final words before I pull the plug on today? Uh, Real excited for Friday night. I was playing uh, South Carolina in the Final Four. I saw that the Iowa versus Louisville Elite Eight game was the most watched. You just said Louisville. I thought I had you trained. No, I had to go back to Louisville because they. Oh, because that's who you're playing. Okay, yeah, that's who we know. I think Herb's. I think Kirk Herbstreit does that on purpose too, because he's an Ohio guy. Louisville, and he calls him Louisville. I'm like, he's doing that on purpose. Yeah. uh, Well, they've been talking smack. A little bit upset, but uh, anyway, the other bit was uh, the. Iowa versus Louisville, Louisville game. Um, the Elite Eight uh, that we played up against them was the most watched e- uh, basketball game on ESPN this entire year, including the NBA and the men's tournament. So, Caitlin Clark, must watch TV. South Carolina is incredible. Uh, it's been an awesome women's tournament. I mean, God, I'm not, you know, I've, I'm not really a basketball person at all, but it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, but uh, we're, we're sports people and they're a story yeah. right now. So, um, I've got two baseball games with my, uh, my 13 year old on Friday night. So, hopefully, those will go good, but we'll be back next week again. Everybody, thanks for being here in the chat. It's it's a it's nice not having to worry about you know all the audience. It's a, it's a good crowd in the morning, and we appreciate you being here. Mm-hmm. Leave us a comment. Leave us a share. Um, check out a, check us out on Apple Pods also, uh, and leave us a review. You can find the the main one we do is the Falcons podcast on 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 iTunes, so you can check that one out. But we're gonna get out of here. Thanks everybody. Uh, appreciate you being here. We'll see you next time.